this afternoon, I'm trying to remember where I was. I think I, uh, 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 wherever I was during the day, um, <laughs> I remember very clearly having this moment of um, uh, uh, this is what, what, what was on God's heart for the evening. Um, and usually I wouldn't even have a word prepared. It would be a case of like we just come together and we give opportunities and we share what's, uh, what's happening or what are we thankful for. And I kind of just felt like not doing that because you know, um, this gets straight into the word. And we'll have an opportunity for, you know, uh, that later. But um, what I felt like, let's go to First Samuel, chapter 15. Let's just go there. And, you know, this, this kind of just popped up in my heart. And, like, I, I feel like it, it, it's, it's evidently going to, I don't know if I'll end up using this. I did ask for it, but we'll see. But I feel like it's obviously, you're here for a reason. So if you're here for, for tonight, then then this is probably for you, not for the person that you thought was going to be here. And, um, like, I don't know exactly what God's wanting to do with this, but I feel like He's wanting to do something in a lot of our hearts with regards to this. So First Samuel chapter 15, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Hello to everybody that's online and joining us, wherever you're from. Um, it's good to have you guys joining us too, in Piketburg and in Albania specifically. But it's 1 Samuel chapter 15 from verse 10. Okay, so we're cutting into the middle of a story here and he says, it says, Then the Lord said to Samuel, so some of you are there, good. Uh, uh, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king. <laughs> Imagine God saying that about you or me, how we would feel. You know, that would be pretty upsetting. I think, imagine, I'm sorry that I made Saul king. For he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Okay? So, so let's go through this. He, he was disloyal to God. Then what was the other thing there? Refused to obey. So what do you call that? Disobedience, if you can see that. And then um, it says, Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. So why do you think that he cried out to the Lord all night and was so deeply moved? Because he, he had anointed you know, this, this man as king. I think he, he kind of was hopeful about him and you know, kind of saw where, where he went and was, was saddened by the situation. Verse 12. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Okay, so who's Samuel? The prophet. And who's Saul? The king. So the prophet is going to go and find the king. Now, I, I, I like, I was reading this earlier and I was like, this is pretty funny. Someone told him, Saul went down to Carmel to set up a monument to himself. And then he went on to uh, Gilgal. So, like, it's, it's like... Surely it shouldn't be difficult to find the king. That, that, that's kind of what stood out for me there. It was like, wow, like the, the prophet as well. Not, not um, someone else, but the prophet was struggling to find the king. Um, I don't think, I'm not saying it's on the prophet's part, but it was on the king's part. Maybe he wasn't where he should be. And that's actually what, exactly what happened. So then it says, he went down to Carmel to do what? 
monuments to self. Okay, so he set up a monument to himself, and then he went on to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Okay? And then the, 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 the Samuel. The Samuel responds, the prophet, and he says, Then what is the bleating of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle I hear? Now that was, was important, you'll see why now. Verse 15, it, it's true that the army spared the best of the sheep and goats and cattle, Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. Because the command was, kill everything. And now, they kind of, they, they weren't loyal to God, they were loyal to their idea. Well, that, this is uh, uh, Saul specifically. And he disobeyed the commandment of God to... Do, do do something specific, he thought, but it's actually better like this, so let me do what I think is better. What do you call that? Pride. Okay. And, I mean, pride is a monument to self anyway, isn't it? So, so he, he, he's busy doing that. Um, we say disobedient, or I'm going to put there partial obedience. Because that's, that's what he did, right? He wasn't obedient all the way, which is actually just disobedience. And then the other thing that he said here was, I have carried out the Lord's command. What, what do we call that? Firstly, I would say deception. <laughs> He's deceiving himself, but it's also lying. Okay. And then in verse um, 16, Samuel said to Saul, Stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. Saul says, what did he tell you? So, uh, then Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, Am Am uh, uh, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight, but what was good in your sight? Okay, I added this, this is the last part there. Verse 20. But I did obey the Lord, Saul said, insisted. I did obey the Lord. Deception. Okay, what else would we call that? Disobedience, partial obedience. What this is showing is that partial obedience isn't obedience. Okay. Nice grace message this evening. Um, where was our verse? 20. Okay, I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everything else. Then my troops brought in the best sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. I like how he keeps saying the Lord your God. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to His voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. And stubbornness is as bad as worshipping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, He has rejected you as king. 
Then Samuel admitted, it gets better. Yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command. For I was afraid of the people and what they demanded. People pleasing. Or fear of man. And it comes in again just now. Uh, how did you put it? Passing the blame. Okay. Where are we? Verse 25. But now, please forgive my sin. Okay, this is his attempt at repentance. But now, please forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. Okay, then he says in verse um, 26, But Samuel replied, I will not go back, back with you since you have rejected the Lord's command. He has rejected you as king of Israel. Why did he want Samuel to go with him? To worship with him. Verse 27. As Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, The, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day and has given it to someone else who is better than you are. That's humble pie. Verse 29. And he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind, for he is not a human that he should change his mind. Then Saul pleaded again, I know I have sinned. Now this is his attempt at repentance. But please, at least honor me before the elders of my people, before Israel by coming back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. Amazingly, Samuel agreed, finally agreed and went back with him and Saul worshipped the Lord. And then, after that, Samuel calls for the king, Agag, and executes him. He carries out what Saul was commanded to do. But before that, what's interesting is, is he was looking to, to receive honor in front of the people, and uh, uh, even though he had done wrong. And he was seeking to, to, to be approved by God and approved by um, the, the prophets, to have the, the rubber stamp of, you know, you're good, even though everything was wrong and everything had messed up and he had actually just lost everything, he didn't actually realize, it seems, what had taken place. Okay? And, you know, what we can, we can kind of learn from that in contrast to, to David, uh, David being known as a man after God's own heart. Not because he did anything, everything right, which we know from his story, but because he continuously relied on God's goodness and on God's nature. And he continually like sought after God. He wanted to know God. He wanted to. He was worshiping God from his heart, you know. Um, and he was uh, seeking to uh, uh, do what's right, even when he did what was wrong. He, he wanted to turn it around and all of that. But on the opposite side, we have someone who kind of lost it all. He started off good, but he ended off not good. Okay, so you know, and looking at these uh, characteristics, disloyal to God. Uh, disobedience or partial obedience to, to, to what God was commanding him. He was kind of like in pride and wanting to make a monument to himself. He was, uh, in he was deceived himself and he was lying about the, the situation. Yes, I have done what God's commanded me, even though he hadn't. And then he was trying to please people because he had a fear of man. He wanted to, he wasn't interested in what God thought of him. 
He wasn't really interested in, in, in trying to live for the audience of one. He was kind of like, I hope the people like me. Come worship with me. And then obviously he blamed the people. Blame shifted. I'm sure there's something else you can pull out of there. Um, but that's enough <laughs> to, to excite us this evening. Um, the point that I'm trying to make is that like, if we have characteristics like that in our heart, or if we see things like that, you know, what do we do with it? Because often, we can kind of ignore that, and it prevents us from moving forward in whatever God's got for us. And as a church family, for those of you who are leaders, it would do the same. You know, years back, I can remember uh, uh, hearing a similar teaching on this, and the generator will kick in in a second. But I remember that, that hearing a teaching on this, and they, they called it the characteristics of an independent spirit. And so it's kind of like, what is an independent spirit? It's, it's independent from, from God, really. You're seeking to do your own thing, and these are some of the indicators of it. And I just felt like as I was, uh, I mean, I haven't visited this probably for 10 years, maybe more. <laughs> but as it, as it came up in my heart this evening, or this, uh, during the day, I was like, there's probably some elements for people in this room where you identify maybe something in here, even if it's just a little bit of people pleasing, even if it's just a little bit of passing that blame and not accepting responsibility. And if you are wanting to step into what God's got for you as a leader, as an influencer, all of us are called to influence, then these are the things that we have to kind of allow, like we've got to kill them. We've got to get rid of them because it's not our identity in Christ. It's not who we are. I mean, Peter started off beautifully with identity in Christ and who we are in Christ, right? That's who we really are. This is not who we are. So this is living in a false self. Okay? The answer, the antidote to all of that is really just humility. And humility is um, not always that easy because sometimes it's a case of admitting we're wrong and then being willing to go through uh, uh, the, the, the process of humbling ourselves and, and sometimes we interpret that as um, uh, humili humiliation. When God wouldn't be wanting to humiliate you, you know, I think Saul pre pretty much was feeling humiliated, but he was trying to avoid humiliation, if, if, if I look at the story. How was he trying to avoid humiliation? Come worship with me. He, one of the other things which uh, we didn't see there in the story, but it's in there, um, is that he was waiting for Samuel. And uh, uh, Samuel was supposed to come after they had won the, the war to make an offering. And what did Samuel do? Uh, what did Saul do? Sorry. He, he, was, he was impatient. This is a, a, another part of the scripture there. But he's, um, he becomes impatient, waiting for the prophet. So what does he do? He offers the sacrifice. He, he, he steps from his position of king into position of priest and tries to do something that he wasn't supposed to do. And often that, that's also an indication. It's like we, we kind of get impatient with what's happening and what other people are maybe doing. So we step into something that shouldn't be stepped into to try and accomplish something that we think should be accomplished quicker than it should be accomplished because we don't... We, we kind of think that our ideas are better than everyone else and our vision is better than everyone else and this is how it should be, so let me do it. And that, 
is all just pride mixed up together with a bunch of other things which ends up in destruction. You know, because we know that what the Word says in the New Testament, it says, you know, pride, uh, the Bible says pride comes before a fall, and, and in, it says what in James, God opposes the pride but gives grace to the humble. You know, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time He'll lift you up. So it's kind of like, like, how do we respond to this? If we identify anything, it's a case of, well, humble yourself before God. Humble yourself before each other, before leadership even. And be like, you know what? I realize I am maybe promoting myself all the time. I realize I'm promoting myself. And I think I should be somewhere where I'm not. And further ahead than I'm not. And I'm constantly promoting myself and I need to stop because I need to allow God to promote me. Yeah, or it's a case of you, you, you deceived about your, the situation of your life, you've allowed yourself to be deceived. You think everything's great, and maybe people around you are starting to say it's not so great. I'm not saying this because I know of your situation. This is just what I feel on my heart. So I don't have a good example, unless you want to share yours and I can use that. <laughs> but the point is, it's like, you know, sometimes we, we get into this place of we're, we're just living to, to try and please people. If you're doing that, you're probably tired. Because you, you, you're trying to do everything right so that people will love you, people will accept you, people will, will think you're amazing, but at the same time you're probably dropping a couple of balls because you can't do it for too long. And all of that is rooted in fear of man. What does the Bible say about that? It's a snare. And then one of the characteristics that would continuously come in is whenever there is a problem or a shortfall, there's all, it's always... Eskom or someone else. It's never you. You don't accept responsibility for what you didn't do that you should have done, right? And so, yeah, this is a this can become a serious problem because you know the way I would look at it is God opposes the proud, which means He can't work with you. Not because He doesn't like you, He doesn't love you. He loves you. He wants to work with you. But you've made yourself unworkable. You, 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 you can't um, be used by Him because you're not usable. And it's, uh, it's not up to Him whether you, you move forward in this or not. It's up to you. You know, if you don't, He can't. I'm just trying to open up a verse here quickly. But whilst I get there, think about it. Like, where are you at? How's your heart doing? Allow God to kind of push some buttons or reveal something to you. You know, um, sometimes we need to kind of do some soul searching and just dig deeper and go, God, is, a, is there something that I need to not be aware of? Is there something that I need to kind of deal with in my heart? Not to focus on the problem, but just to, just to allow yourself to move forward. Yeah, because I believe one of the... the, the, the um, uh, the issues with this is maybe there's someone here, things are not just, they're not moving forward for you like they should. You, you, you kind of feel like you should be further than you are. And some of you, there's different reasons, but for some of you, the reason is this. It's pride. God doesn't want to promote you because He knows it will destroy you. And you're trying to promote yourself, and sometimes, uh, uh, as leadership, we um, maybe don't um, see through that. You know, maybe we, we slipped up and we, we kind of allowed your self-promotion to kind of go somewhere. And then what happens? I like to call it spiritual projection. 
you, uh, you say you're further than you are, and you present to everyone that you're further than you are. Um, you, you're telling everyone you've got lots of money, and so then they take you out for dinner, and they're expecting you to pay for the bill because you, you took them out, because you're very wealthy, and then the bill comes and you can't pay for it. You, 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 you've expressed that you're further along than you are. Popo hits the fan in someone's life and they run to you for, for help because you're the, the spiritually mature one and all of a sudden they realize like, wow, I can't rely on you. You know, you're in worse shape than, than I thought. You know, it's like, can you pay the bill when it comes? With regards to where God uh, would love for you to, to grow to. Now that's a, a, a something to, to consider. Let me just look here quickly. But while I'm doing that, I'm going to pray for you. So Father, I just thank you right now. That you just reveal to us where our hearts are at so that we can, before you just honestly allow you to, to do a deep work so that we can, we can just... From a place of humility, allow you to put us where you want us to be, to do what you've called us to do. In the name of Jesus. Just reveal to, to each one right now, if there's an area of their heart, maybe Father, where they've maybe not been loyal to you like they should, or if they uh, have been partially obedient, or otherwise known as disobedient, <laughs> where they've maybe been promoting self, trying to get ahead, but not kind of just staying in the process, where there's maybe pride. Obviously, that's the root of it all. But, you know, whether they maybe, if there's any deception in our hearts, in any of us, myself included, thank you, Father, that you reveal that to us, that we would see things as you see them. And if anyone's here stuck in people-pleasing, Father, I just thank you that you expose that to us, so we would not be living in that place of constant snare and burnout because of fear of man. But help us to accept responsibility for what's going on so that we can move together with you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're gently just at work in each one of our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Second Timothy chapter 2. Let's look at this. Second Timothy chapter 2. Verse 20. Trying to see which translation I want. I'm going to just go with King James because I know what it says. So verse 20 it says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but of wood and earth. Some translations would say clay. And some to honor and some to dishonor. I've heard that messed up big time. You know, like... Um, God gets to choose if you're going to be an honorable vessel and you're a dishonorable vessel. Like, you know, um, you know, there had to be a Judas. And so, you know, Judas was especially chosen to be a vessel of dishonor. Uh, yeah, that's rubbish. L look what this says. Okay. 
Um, some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purges himself from these things, if a man cleanses himself from these things, he shall be a vessel of honor, sanctified and meet or qualified for the master's use and prepared for every good work. How does the New Living say? It says, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. And then it says in the next verse, 22, flee also useful, uh, youthful, not useful, youthful lusts. <laughs> Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love and peace and joy, companionship of all those who, co uh, who call on the Lord from a pure heart. And so it's, it's kind of like, if we look at that verse 23 specific, uh, verse 21 specifically, it says, if a man cleanses himself, then he will be a vessel of honor. So you get to decide if you're a vessel of honor or dishonor. It's not God's choice. He's chosen all of us to be a vessel of honor. I mean, He's put His Spirit inside of you. And then, according to how you respond to life and situations, will determine whether you are going to be a vessel of honor or dishonor. And so when we choose pride, you know, God can't work with that. When we choose humility, God can work with that. When we choose uh, self-promotion, it's pride. And, and we get in the way of what God's wanting to do in our lives. When it's a, a case of um, uh, uh, being people-pleasing, then our eyes are off of Jesus and we're trying to please everyone else. And then we're often going to start to compromise. God can't work with that. Okay? So, whatever you see here, maybe in your heart, we're going to have a time now of just uh, 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 praying together. and I want to encourage you just to spend time with you and Jesus. And just be like, Jesus, help me in these areas. Like, if there's something, I just want to kind of deal with it quickly. And then if you don't have anything, praise God. Thank Him for that. <laughs> be like, wow, Lord, that's awesome. I'm so perfect. You know, that's amazing. You know, we'll go and have a special meeting down there. <laughs> I'm joking. But the point is, it's like, let's be real with Jesus and just say, Father, here we are. You know, because sometimes this is the, the, the underlying root of the problem. Our eyes are on ourselves and not on Jesus. And you know, one of the most difficult things has been, I mean, you know, like God, the, the, I have to check my heart on these things and deal with some of this and stuff from time to time as well. But I can honestly say, like I'm not... A people pleaser. <laughs> Some of you are laughing because you know that's true. Um, I, I, I'm really, I'm not building a monument to self. I'd rather be sitting where you are. Um, you know, and, 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 and so like, the, but you know, maybe I'm not always completely obedient. I can't think of an example now. But, but it's like, you know, these are things that we all have to deal with at times, right? Okay, so it's, 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 it's for all of us. But these are sometimes the things that are holding us back from what God's wanting, to, where He's wanting to take us in the next season. What He's wanting to do in us. Okay? And you know what? His grace is so great that even with these things, He'll still use us, He'll still do things. It's just never going to be as good as it could. The most difficult thing, this is what I was going to say, is as leaders, when we see this in, in some people, and the easiest thing to do is to pray for you. 
And just be like, Jesus, reveal it to them. I mean, I'm grateful that this came up tonight, so yeah, I can't think of anyone specifically that I would want to talk to about this right now. We need to. But it's awesome that God's brought this up tonight so that your pastor doesn't have to. Anyone from Tigerberg here tonight? No one from Tigerberg. Yeah, they're perfect. That's why they're not here. They didn't, they didn't need this. You know... Etienne's mom's uh, turning 60 tonight, so that's where they are. But the, the, the point is, is like, um, uh, uh, I remember sitting with someone uh, uh, who I, I love very much, and, and they were telling me, this is what God's wanting to do in my life, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, monument to self. And I was sitting there, and I was like, Lord, I don't know how to deal with this. And they were telling me everything, and I, I, this all came up in one conversation, in probably one minute. And I was like... I'm probably going to lose the friendship, and I did. But I was like, listen, your problem is actually not me, it's pride. <laughs> You're full of yourself, and you need to actually stop it. Because that's why things are not working out for you. And it was a, you know, usually the response kind of either proves the point or doesn't. The response of, uh, how dare you say that, kind of proves the point. Uh, but. I, I was able to say, you know, if, if you checked in with your wife, she would agree with me. Because I've heard her say that. <laughs> and, 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 and so the thing is, is often this is going on in our hearts and we don't even realize it. Because we're so deceived. We've built a, 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 a like, it's, it's kind of like this fortress around ourselves. So we don't hear what we need to hear, we hear what we want to hear. And we don't see the things we need to see, we see the things we want to see. And we think everything's perfect when it's not perfect. And so, this is really for all of us to just pray and go, Father, reveal this to me if this is something in my heart. It might be something small. Something very small in here. But deal with it. Say, Father, I don't want that in my heart. I, I, I want to let it go. Help me to kind of move from this. To move past this so that I can be what you want me to be. I can be in the positions that you want me to be without causing damage, but with being able to be fruitful like you've called me to be. Because that's the aim. God wants you to be fruitful. These are the stones. These are the weeds. This is the rubble, the things in your heart that you need to weed out if you're going to be fruitful. Parable of the four soils. So Father, I thank you right now that you would just... Uh, by your, you know, the Holy Spirit, you're just dealing gently with us. This isn't an attack on anyone. This isn't an attack on us. This is a, this is a gentle work that you're doing now. To position us in the place and the space where you've called us to be, Father. Reliant on you. I thank you that you just expose us to ourselves right now. That we would see things like they are, not as we think they should be, not according to our faith, not according to who I am in Christ right now, but that we'd see the things in our soul that need to maybe be adjusted. Because we're not allowing redemption to infiltrate there. Thank you, Father, that 
as light as we allow the light of your love to shine in those areas i thank you father that freedom comes freedom comes restoration comes healing comes thank you father i just see like a picture of jesus standing at the door of some of your hearts with a kind of like a, a, a lantern and he's kind of like knocking and saying, you know, let me in. And it's kind of like, you're satisfied with the lights shining at the door. But God's just saying, hey, let me in. I want to come in. I want to shine my light throughout your heart. And, you know, I just feel like so for some it might be a, a painful experience because of the level of pride. But as you allow God to... To come in, he, He's not there to cause pain. He's not there to cause suffering. He's not there to expose you. He's there to heal. He's there to restore. He's there to, to, to help you. Father, I thank you that your presence to help, your presence to restore. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, just to do what you want to do. Thank you, Jesus. Feel like like God just showing me that, that, that like there's some maybe it's even just one person that you've just realized for the first time that this is actually a problem. I just feel like God saying, don't make it a bigger problem than it is. You're just supposed to realize it and look to me. Realize it and now allow me to do what I need to do. Allow my grace to work in your heart. Humble yourself and let grace do its work. Don't try and push something or force something and, you know, you don't need to go back to the womb and pray about something or whatever. It's just now just a case of just, just look to me. Allow my life to flow in your heart and restore. You might need to make some decisions to stop promoting yourself, to stop elevating yourself, to be obedient, to, to stop pleasing people and live for the audience of one. But, but don't make a bigger deal of this than you should. When you see it, own it and invite Him in just to, to work it out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.